of welcoming up our awesome senior pastor. Can we give her a hand, guys, as she comes up? Awesome, fantastic. It's so good to be in God's house, isn't it? That scripture where it says, let us rejoice and go to the house of our Lord, hey? Amen. So we're super excited. It's Baptism Sunday. We have five souls getting baptised today. And uh, three of them are from our everyday kids. And two of them are sisters. So we're so excited about that. And we have two amazing ladies getting baptised as well. And so we really encourage you to come down to Sorrento Beach and join in with us. So... Uh, as you know, we're doing a series called Identity. And last week, Pastor Jacob, he just preached such an incredible uh, sermon. If you missed it, I really encourage you to jump online and have a listen. But he took us through four points. Who remembers them? <laughs> you do. You are loved, you are called, you are chosen, and you belong. And so it was a fantastic message, so jump online. But, you know, it's really our hope and prayer that as we journey uh, through this series that that we gain a better understanding of who we truly are in God. It's so important that we see ourselves the way God sees us, so integral. And I think it's a continual discovery. You know, it's not just something that we do as part of our New Christians course. It's not just we read a book, you know, one book, search for significance, whatever it may be, and then you're done, right, I know who I am. It's not. It's a continual discovery, I think, until we meet Jesus Christ. It's a lifetime journey. But what God wants to get us to a place where we see ourselves the way he sees us, not the way we see ourselves. The way he sees us, not the way we see ourselves. You know, I got brought up a Catholic, which meant I went to church uh, at Easter and Christmas. Uh, it meant that I got baptised as a baby. It meant that I received my Holy Communion. It meant that I got confirmed in Year 7. I don't still really understand what all that means, but I know it meant that I received some gifts during those times and we went to really nice restaurants and celebrated. It was awesome. But it also meant that I went to confession. And confession, for those that aren't familiar, is you go to this box type thing and there's a priest on one side and you're on the other and there's a divider in between. And you go and you confess your sins to the priest. And he then gives you a bunch of prayers to go and pray. It's called penance. And, you know, I didn't really like confession. <laughs> I didn't. I really didn't know what to say. It meant a lot of the time I was making stuff up in confession. So basically I was sinning, I was lying during confession. And I, I, didn't, I didn't feel any better coming out of there. In fact, I felt worse coming out of there. I didn't feel forgiven. I didn't feel um, like God loved me. I didn't feel cleansed. But what I realised is that I behaved as I was expected to behave and as I saw myself, which was as a sinner. That's how I saw myself. That's how I went into the box, as a sinner. And I behaved that way. How we see ourselves affects us all. I don't think I'm the only one. You know, we behave a certain way according to the labels that are put on us. Either we put them on ourselves or others have put them on us and we behave that way or religion puts on us as well and we behave a certain way. I wonder what life would look like if we started to really see ourselves the way God sees us. If we truly knew who we are in God. 
I wonder what life would look like for us as individuals and as a church collectively. Think about it for a moment. If we truly saw ourselves the way God sees us. You know, Jesus accomplished such incredible things because he knew who he was in God. He saw himself as the Father saw him and nothing else mattered. In John chapter 8, verse 12, we read this. Then Jesus said, I am light to the world and those who embrace me will experience life-giving light and they will never walk in darkness. The Pharisees were immediately offended and said, you're just boasting about yourself. Since we only have your word on this, it makes your testimony invalid. Jesus responded, just because I'm the one making these claims doesn't mean they're invalid. For I absolutely know who I am, where I've come from and where I'm going. But you Pharisees have no idea what I'm saying. You know, Jesus was convinced in who he was. He said, for I absolutely know who I am, where I've come from and where I am going. And he behaved a certain way because he knew who he was. For I absolutely know who I am, where I've come from and where I'm going. He wasn't swayed by people's opinions. He wasn't swayed because people were offended. The Pharisees were immediately offended. He wasn't disobedient. He wasn't insecure. He wasn't untruthful. He wasn't diving into secret sin. He wasn't cutting corners. He wasn't deceitful. He absolutely knew who he was, where he had come from and where he was going. And he behaved according to his calling. He behaved according to the way he saw himself, according to the way the Father saw him. He behaved according to that, according to his position in the Father's house. He behaved as the Son of God on earth for a mission. He behaved in obedience to the Father. He knew that he was a light to the world. You know, Moses asked God the question, who am I? Who am I? And I think many of us have asked that same question ever since. Moses was asked by God to lead his people out of Egypt. He was asked to free them. And Moses' response was, who am I? Now, Moses had a choice to respond to the mission or the calling, or the calling in the way he saw himself. He had a choice to respond to what God had called him to, according to the way he saw himself, or according to the way God saw him. What was he going to do? He had a choice. Interesting to note, God's direct answer to him was simply, I will be with you. (laughs) That's all God said. I will be with you. Nothing else mattered except for that truth that God would go with him, that God would not leave his side, that they were in a continual relationship. That's what mattered, that God would go with him. The right standing of Moses's and God's relationship, that they were together, that God would go with him. You know, when people pray, less of me and more of you, God, do you know that prayer? I've prayed it. It's a noble prayer and the intention of humility is understood But I've heard it said recently and it makes so much sense to me that the prayer that the John the Baptist prayed, he must increase and I must decrease, is not a legal prayer for us. John the Baptist was closing out of season of the Old Testament and passing on the baton to Jesus Christ and his kingdom. So John had to decrease and Jesus had to increase. But when Jesus left this earth, 
He didn't say we were to decrease. He didn't say that. He passed the baton onto us <laughs> with his name, with his authority and with his power. And he said to us, as the Father has sent me, I also send you. We're not cancelled out. We are not cancelled out. You know, God needs all of us and he needs all of him. It's both of us in relationship together. And I know this could be challenging your mindsets right now. Yes, Jesus is the answer. I'm not taking away from Jesus, but he needs all of us to be fully clothed in all of him, completely clothed in him, in all of his power, that we go together in relationship with one another. It's all of us and all of him together. What did he say to Moses? Moses said, who am I? He said, I'll go with you. I will go with you. I'll be with you. You know, that's why God made us. He didn't have us before and he wasn't happy. So he created us so that we could be together in relationship, not so that we could get cancelled out. It's all of us and all of him together to achieve what he has called us to. You know, when Jesus came to this earth, he was 100% God and 100% man. And we operate from that place. God said to Moses, I will be with you and God is with us with us all of him and all of us together and Moses's main assignment was for the people of Israel to be freed from the grip of Pharaoh so they could go and worship God that was simply it it was it was God said let my people go so they may worship me that's what he wanted he just wanted another translation says serve serve and worship it's the same word let my people go so they may worship me, so they can be in relationship with me. That's all he wanted was relationship together. That's our right standing with God, that we're in relationship with him. He just wants to be with us. I pray for revelation in the name of Jesus Christ, amen. So they could be called into and spend time in his presence, so they could worship and serve him and offer up sacrifices. And God expressed to Moses his desire for them. We find it in Exodus chapter 19, verse 5. Now, if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all nations you will be my treasured possession. Although the whole earth is mine, you will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words you are, speak, are to speak to the Israelites. God wanted the entire nation of Israel to become priests. That's what he wanted and it hasn't changed today. It's the same calling. It's God's heart's desire still. In 1 Peter 2.9 it says this, speaking about you, if you're a believer this morning, if you're not, you'll have an opportunity very shortly. It says this, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. God has chosen us to be his royal priesthood. We are all priests in his kingdom. That may challenge your thinking. But if you're a believer this morning, you are a priest. That's our right standing as believers. And being a priest means that you have this privileged closeness to God. That's what the priests had back in the day, back in the Old Testament. They had that privileged closeness to God. 
like Moses uh, had as well. And unlike the Old Testament where the priests had to offer up continual sacrifices, Jesus offered up a sacrifice once and for all. He offered up himself once and for all. So we don't have to offer up continual sacrifices. In the Old Testament, only the high priest could go into the Holy of Holies. There was only certain places that the priests could go and the people couldn't. But now that Jesus Christ became our high priest, you know, when he died on the cross, the scripture says that the veil was torn from top to bottom. It was torn in two, giving us access to come boldly to his throne. We get that privilege privileged closeness of what priests used to get in the Old Testament because we are all priests in his kingdom. All believers now have direct access to his throne. All of us, every single one of us. We don't need to go through an earthly priest anymore. We have that privileged closeness. Every single believer sitting in this place listening online, that is our right standing. We are priests in God's kingdom. Are you catching this this morning? You are a priest. How do you feel when I say that? You're a priest. A little bit weird? Challenging? Let it sink in because that's what the word says. You are a priest in God's, that's God's desire. You are a royal priesthood. That is how God sees us. That is our identity. A priest in his kingdom it's the same desire he had for the people of israel that is our position a kingdom of priests a chosen people a treasured possession this is who we are and not only are we priests we're also kings queens if you like (laughs) you're a king you're a queen in his kingdom again what does that do to you when i say that does it challenge your mindset does it sit well could you no way not me Don't say that, only Jesus is king. How does that sit? We are kings in his kingdom. We are a royal priesthood. Revelation chapter 5 verse 9 says this, And they sang a new song saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation and have made us kings and priests to our God. And we shall reign on the earth. Kings and priests. He made us kings and priests to reign on this earth. You are a king. You are a priest. That is our right standing. He is the king of kings. What does king of kings mean? We say it all the time. The king of kings. He's the king of kings, of us, believers. The king of kings. We are the kings in his kingdom. And he is our king. All authority was given to Jesus Christ and now in Christ we walk in that authority and that power. Why? To reign this earth, to dominate, not lord over, to advance God's kingdom. That's what it is, to advance God's kingdom. That is our calling, that is who we are. So you are a king, you are a priest, we are the royal priesthood, that is our identity in Christ. You are chosen. And my question to you is, are you behaving like a king? 
And I'm not talking about that mental picture you get where you're sitting on your big throne and people are passing you grapes and fanning you down. I'm not talking about that. My kids actually play a game and they have a turn of being king. And so they sit in their big beanbag and the other two run around and do everything for the king. It's pretty funny to watch. But I'm not talking about that. Are you behaving like a true king? Like the king of kings? Jesus came to serve and not be served. Are you behaving like that? Are you ruling on this earth? Are you walking in all power and dominion and authority? That's the type of king that I'm talking about. Are you walking in the fullness of all God has for you? Are you advancing his kingdom? Are you fighting for his kingdom? Are you expanding his kingdom? Because that's what he's called you to. And so are you behaving like a king? Not sitting in your beanbag <laughs> with people doing stuff for you. Are you declaring what he declares? Are you speaking what God speaks? Are you praying God prayers, big prayers, as a king would? Are you behaving like a priest? And I don't mean where you go around and just forgive people of their sins. Are you walking in a close relationship with God? Knowing that wherever you go, he is with you as he was with Moses. Are you making the most of the privileged position that you have as a priest? You get to go into the Holy of Holies. Are you making the most of that? Direct access to his throne. Are you approaching it boldly? Or are you, are you allowing opinions and labels and addictions and religion to hold you back from being in right standing in Jesus Christ? Are you behaving like a priest? Because the way you see yourself is the way you'll behave. And God wants to get you to a place where you see yourself the way God sees you, so you behave according to your calling. And your calling is to be a king and to be a priest. Because God wants to be with you, all of you. He loves you. Have you accepted and acknowledged what Jesus Christ did on the cross once and for all? And if you say you have, are you behaving as if you have? Or are you holding on to guilt and shame and unforgiveness and walking in condemnation? Or are you behaving as a priest where you can have that direct access to his throne? Because as we see ourselves the way God sees us, we'll behave according to our calling and we'll begin to live differently. And at times, do you know what? That will bring offence. The Pharisees were immediately offended when Jesus stated who he was. He said, I'm the light of the world and all those who embrace me will experience this light and never walk in darkness. Imagine if you told some people that you were the light of the world because that's what Jesus says about us, right? I'm the light of the world. <laughs> Let my light shine forth. I'm sure people will get offended it doesn't take much these days for people to get offended. You just need to be on Facebook for two seconds. It doesn't take much at all. But it was in the Bible. The Pharisees immediately offended by what Jesus Christ said. 
And I love Jesus' answer. The Pharisee said, you can't say that. You need another witness because you needed two witnesses to validate a testimony. They're like, you can't say that. You don't have another witness. Your testimony is invalid otherwise. And I love what Jesus answered. He said this, I am one who testifies for myself and my other witness is the Father who sent me. (laughs) He had two witnesses, himself and God. How awesome is that? And that's all that matters when it comes to identity. That's all that matters is what God says about you. It's you and God. It doesn't matter what other people say. It doesn't matter what labels have been put on you. It doesn't matter what your past was like. It doesn't matter uh, if religion taught you certain things. I've had to unlearn certain things the way I got brought up. And I had an awesome childhood. And I praise God for my Catholic upbringing, you know, where it brought good values and different things like that. It was my choice to go off where I went off to. But praise God, he never removed his hand from my life. But Jesus Christ knew that he was not alone. It was him him and God. God was his witness. He knew his right standing in God. He knew that it only mattered what God said. He knew where he stood and he said, I stand in the Father. And we need to be able to get to a place, church, where we stand in the Father. That's our identity. We stand in him. And it's what God says about you and who he says you are. And he says you're a king and you're a priest. And yes, I come back to that. Because I want to get it in us, deep within. Because God has a plan and it involves us understanding that we have this position in him because that's where revival comes, when we understand that we're kings and priests in Christ. And absolutely knowing who we are, where we've come from and where we're going. God wants to get us to that same place that we can say, like Jesus said, I know who I am, I know where I've come from and I know where I'm going. Who would love to be able to stand in that full confidence? Settling that with God. Settling it within yourself. The team can come if they may. You know, I wonder if I went into that confessional box knowing I was already forgiven. Imagine that. If I went in there knowing I was already forgiven, what a difference that would have made. Knowing that I was loved and valued, that I was special to God. Knowing these things, going into that confessional box, not thinking, okay, I'm going in there to confess, I've got to know, begging for forgiveness, getting, giving, getting given a bunch of prayers, thinking these prayers are going to save me. Imagine if I went into that confessional box knowing that Jesus Christ had already died for me while I was still a sinner. Imagine that. Imagine my mindset going into that confessional box. And I'm not saying they didn't teach me that. I don't know, maybe they tried, but it's not what I got. Imagine if I went into that confessional box, knowing it wasn't based on my works to receive forgiveness. I wonder how I would have behaved. It's easier to confess your sins when you know you're already forgiven. It's more like saying, thank you, God. I did this wrong thing and I'm sorry and I thank you for your forgiveness. That's what confession is in God's kingdom. 
Yes, I did do that. I agree with you. And I thank you that you forgive me. I agree that it's wrong and I'm sorry. It's like when you're in a relationship, you say sorry when you've hurt somebody or you've done the wrong thing. You say, I'm sorry. I wonder what if would have happened if I had saw myself as a king or a queen or a priest even going into that confessional box. And I wonder if we as people absolutely knew who we are and where we've come from and where we're going, what we could do as a people. Imagine that. I wonder how greatly we could impact the kingdom of God knowing and walking in that authority that's been given to us as kings and priests. What could happen? Can you imagine it? I can see it. I see revival. Walking in the fullness, every single believer walking in the fullness of who we are in God. Seeing ourselves as he truly sees us because then we behave according to our calling, not according to how we see ourselves, but according to the calling. I wonder whose lives would be impacted if we saw ourselves the way God sees us because there's people on the other side that God's trying to reach. We could see our communities, our city, nations transformed as we walk in all that God's got for us. We could truly be a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. Will you make that commitment today? To allow God to challenge your thinking and pray that prayer, God help me to see myself the way you see me. Will you make that commitment today? Let's pray. Lord, I just pray for every single person here right now, Father God. I just pray, Lord God, that we would see ourselves the way you see us, Lord. You've called us to be priests. You've called us to be kings in your kingdom, Lord God. And I pray for revelation, Father God. I pray that you'd open up our spiritual eyes and ears, Lord God that would begin to see ourselves the way you see us, Father God. And some of us are further along the journey and some of us are, are, are behind in the journey. But wherever we are on the journey, Lord God, I'd pray that you'd take us that one step further. That today we would get another glimpse of who you've called us to be. That we'd get another glimpse of our right standing in you. That any lies that are being believed right now be replaced with your truth, Lord God. That we would truly walk in the calling that you died to give us. That would walk in that power and authority that you passed on to us, Lord God, when you left this earth. That it's all of you and all of us. You don't cancel us out. We're clothed in your power. And we walk with our head held high in you because it's who you've called us. And wherever we go, you are with us. As you're with Moses, I will be with you. I am with you. Have your way in our lives, Lord God. Just why our heads are bowed, if you're listening online, 
anybody in the building right now, if you've never entered into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, I just want to give you an opportunity right now. It's the best decision I ever made many years ago. Lost, not knowing who I was, why I was here, what life was all about. But when I made that first decision, things began to make sense. And so if that's you in the building, or if you're listening online, if you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, just slip your hand up in the air. And we're going to pray a prayer all together. If you pray after me, church. God, I thank you that you sent your son to die on a cross for me. I ask that you forgive my sins, wash me clean, and today I choose to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, congratulations. It's the best day of your life today. I'm going to hand over to the worship team right now.